The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Florida Council of the Blind's community call for May. I thank you all for being here. Thank you, Katie, for hosting, and thank you, Melinda, for streaming. And we really appreciate it. This is Sheila Young. I'm president of the Florida Council. And today we've got a stellar lineup for everybody's knowledge to know what's going on for the ACB voting pertaining to voting resolutions, constitution, and anything within all of those subjects. So I am going to sit back and turn this over to Connie Sims, who is the outreach person for the voting task force, and she will introduce her panel and go for it, Connie. Good morning. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is great. I see quite a few good names and welcome to community and um, clubhouse. So I am excited to have um, a great group of people with me. Um, I have Pat Sheehan, who is the chair of the Voting Task Force. And I have Jeff Tom, who is the vice chair of the Voting Task Force. John McCann, who is chair of the Constitution and Bylaws. And I have Kenneth Simeon, who is a member of our Voting Task Force. So we've got a good variety of people here that have all the different knowledge. We have a really fun committee um, we have a lot to do, but we have to make it fun and do it all. Um, so I'm going to start out with Pat this time and have him talk about just the voting in general. Not a lot has changed this year for voting, but um, just a few things. So I'll let Pat start out today. You're still muted, Pat. Yeah, I was on the other side of the screen. Sorry about that. Okay, so as Connie said, first of all, thanks for having us all here. And we've got, I think, a lot that we can cover. My part, I think, is going to be the easiest because there really hasn't, nothing really has changed since um, uh, last year. We're using the same system vote now that we've used in the past, which means it's going to be accessible via the PC, tablet, uh, iOS, Android, you have a telephone option in which you can call in and uh, either put your code, your, your I forget, a 16-digit code in, or I'm sorry, 11-digit code in, or you can get assistance over the phone. So there are lots of ways to vote. The system is, is secure. We will actually be, and Kenneth will probably go over some of this, actually be holding a mock election before just to make sure everyone understands how to, to vote properly uh, and also make sure that uh, the system is up and working as we expect it to. Each time we've run um, one of those mock elections, we have learned something about either what we can do better um, and uh, moving forward, you know, what, what needs to be improved. So, the uh, voting system is extremely, uh, it's very reliable, very easy to use. Uh, I, I uh, always voted via the PC because I could just click on the link, up would come the ballot. You'd make your selections 
and then submit, and then you get a confirmation that you have voted. And so that was really, really, really easy. Um, Connie, I guess since we have so much more. Well, I, I want you to talk about um, so about the voting precinct and the mock election is only for individual votes this year. We're not doing part of the mock election on, the, on June 20th. It will not have the affiliate voting this year. So it's just going to be an individual voting, so people practicing. But um, you want to mention the voting precinct? Right. Okay. Thank you, Connie. Uh, so at convention, which is where we'll be doing a chunk of the voting, uh, we will have a voting precinct so that if anyone has any issues, problems voting, they can go to that voting precinct and they will get some assistance in in um, in uh, casting their vote. Uh, members of the voting task force, of course, won't be, you know, we won't be there to assist. It'll be somebody else. Um, in the past, I think uh, uh, Nancy Becker assisted uh but uh or candidates anyone running for um anyone running of course wouldn't be there to help assist either we don't want any conflicts of interest and then lastly what i'll say is that uh this year we're voting for officers so um president first vice second vice secretary and treasurer and uh and then of course we'll be doing perhaps some um, uh resolutions if they flip over to that times time uh, slot and also um we'll be doing constitutional bylaws one of the changes one of the changes that we have from last year uh to this year is we are not making having any more voting after convention is over once convention is over uh on the sixth voting is done so we did hear loud and clear that that was something that you you were very interested in. Another thing I would say with respect to the whole voting process is that um, we want to try to speed up the process. We don't want to see the convention just, just taken up by voting all day long. So anything that we can do to speed it up, we're going to do. We've, uh, and we'll be talking maybe a little bit about changes in, in the standing rules here in a little bit. And anything that you guys see that we could do better, and I'm serious, the voting task force would love to hear about it. Uh, it's all, it is our product. It's great that we have universal voting uh, for anybody. And then, of course, uh, I'll steal one of Kenneth's lines. But uh, everyone, if you if you're a registered ACB member, can vote. You don't have to go to the convention to vote but it's open to everybody and we're real proud of that. And Pat, can I just throw something in? Sure. What about people getting their coats this year? That's a little different, isn't it? It is a little bit. I was going to talk. Do you want to talk about that, Pat? Go, I want me to... No, go ahead, Connie. Yeah, jump in. So, yeah, thanks, Sheila, because I was waiting for Pat to get done and see if he was going to touch on it or if I was going to follow up on it. So, um, so the deadline to be able to vote, to be a member of ACB to vote is May 19th. So again, it's not tied to convention. So as long as you are a member of ACB by May 19th, you get to vote. Um, so everyone who has an email address, and that's why we've really pushed to have emails for everyone, will get their voter unique voter code right around June 12th. So um, when you get that email, the subject line 
will be called ballot ACB unique voter code. And then from the from person, it's gonna be from the ACB, ACB ballot code. The difference is that um, members who do not have um, an email, in the past we've sent out letters to everyone in large print and braille and we will acb office will still continue to do that and let me get my date here that will go out right around um i want to say i want to make sure i have my, my date right here right around may 24th and but the thing is is that we are not sending out a unique voter code to everyone who who does not have an email. Because um, that actually comes from Vote Now. So we've had very few um, members in the past who um, have not voted that, have, that do not have the email. So if you want to vote and you do not, and this is only if you don't have an email, and you receive one of the letters from the Minneapolis office, you will need to call them um, by, let me get my date here. The, I had it highlighted, hold on. Da, da, da. I believe it's by June 12th. Let's see. Hold on. That, sounds, that sounds right. Isn't that right? Yeah. That mm -hmm. you'll have to call them by then and they will vote and now. And by them, with, you mean Minneapolis? By the, by the Minneapolis office. So you call this the Minneapolis office, the 612 number, and they will contact Vote Now and they will send out a unique voter code to the people who do not have an email. Um, that do not want to, that do want to vote. So like last year, we only had like four or six people that didn't have an email that voted out of all the people that we sent emails to. Or I think sent that cost $6,000, right? And we got a return of four people. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, our office, we can send out, you know, free matter but now you can't, you know, it's a little bit different. So it's more costly. So we're hoping that's going to help. Um, so that's where the difference is on getting the unique voter code. So going into that, I'm going to transition over to Kenneth. And I'm going to ask him to talk about some of the um, times the about convention that are important with, you know, opening sessions, the voting times, and we can start there. Okay, thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, I wanted to say that we're going to begin uh, on Monday, the 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Everything will be done in Central Time Zone. We'll have an opening of the convention with the adoption of standing rules and credentials. And that same evening at eight o'clock p.m., our nominating committee will meet, and at least that's their time to start their meeting. But the uh, room will be open at seven thirty p.m. for those who are authorized to join and participate in that. 
on Tuesday, June the 20th at seven o'clock PM, uh, the constitution and bylaws changes are going to be read only. Uh, there won't be any voting or any debating at that time. Then on three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of that same week, week would be the 20th, the 21st, and the 22nd. We'll, at 7 o'clock p.m., we'll have our resolutions being debated, and there will be voice votes taken within those three days. On Friday, June 23rd, we'll move into Constitution and Bylaws at 7 o'clock p.m., and the proposed changes to the Constitution and bylaws will be debated. The individual record vote will be taken on July 5th from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time. And the affiliate vote will be on July the 6th, which is Thursday uh, uh, that, of that very week. However, if during debate, an amendment is proposed amendment may be handled by a voice vote. It is subject to the same 25 member request for a record vote. And that's used in debating resolutions. Okay, we have a voice vote timeline. Okay, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we're going back to resolutions. Uh, be, there will be votes taken then, voice votes. Same thing for Wednesday and Thursday. And as we mentioned earlier, the debate for the Constitution and bylaws will be on Friday, 23rd. Now, individual voting will take place from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central, beginning on Sunday. They will take place on Sunday, July 2nd, Monday, July 3rd, Tuesday, July 4th, and Wednesday, July 5th. And our affiliate votes will be taken beginning on Monday, July 3rd, uh, continue on July 4th on Tuesday, then on Wednesday, uh, and then also on Thursday, July the 6th. Okay, Connie, do you have any other thing you want me to mention at this point? Not necessarily at this point. And I just want to go back to, uh, I think one thing that we kind of, Pat and I kind of forgot to mention is that once you, the unique border code will be used over and over again. So don't disregard that. That's the same border code for anyone who's new to this. Um, it's the code, same code that you use throughout the whole convention from the voting um, beginning of the night on the 19th to the the six when we finish up so um the only other thing that, that i forgot to add also connie is that although you you know you get your unique voter code and that's how i've always done it in the past you can switch off so you don't have to uh vote from your pc all the time you know one election you want to use the phone or whatever it's it's going to be the same uh same same phone number of course you'll have to input your code via the uh phone which can be problematic, particularly on an iPhone or Android, let's say. But, um, you know, you're not stuck on just voting just straight from your PC all the time. You can switch it up if that works for you. All right. Very good. Kenneth, do you have any other date you want to share with anyone? I mean, you did a great job going over all of that. So, 
No, I had something I thought of yesterday, and when it comes back to me, I'll bring it up. Sounds good. All okay. right. So with that, I'm going to transition over to Jeff. I um, call Jeff my, you know, go-to person a lot. He, he's the guru with a lot of the stuff with standing rules, and um, he's on the Constitution and bylaws, resolutions, everything. So um, it's always fun to work with him. I mean, we work with everyone, but I like, you know, Jeff and I kind of go back and forth joking. So um, Jeff, want to talk about uh, resolutions? Okay, thanks, Connie. Thanks, everybody, for being here. And uh, yeah, Connie and I do seem to go back and forth. There's just so much to learn. But um, I just want to underscore a couple things first. And, and Kenneth uh, kind of alluded to it. Um, the term voice vote, in a way, is a misnomer now because we are voting when we do our quote voice vote, we are really voting in Zoom. So, you know, we're all going to be, when a resolution comes up for a vote or when, um, well, yeah, when a resolution comes up for a vote, we are really um, raising our hands. And so we're not going to be in the room anymore. So we're going to have an exact count of how many yeses and how many noes. So, uh, and in fact, um, one of the changes in the rules, and we'll now transition over to the proposed joint rules that all of you, all of us, will have a chance to approve at the beginning of convention, will be that if the, let's say, a resolution passes and there are only 12 negative votes, the chair will not call for those who want a roll call, because there's literally too few votes. There isn't the 25 votes on the losing side to get a roll call. So there's no need for the chair to ask about that. Um, and the same thing would be the other way. If the resolution, the resolution failed and there were, you know, 21 votes to pass it, that wouldn't be enough. So there's no need to call for roll call. So let's go over a couple of other uh, little changes. Um, one of the things that, you know, came through loud and clear is the need to speed debate along. Um, oh, first, of course, as, as Kenneth really said, um, there will be no debate on resolutions, or for that matter, constitutional amendment, uh, during the in-person portion of the convention. It'll all be done the, the debate for resolutions will all be done prior to convention. Um, and as I said, one of the things that people really wanted was for debate to move along uh, less chaotically, more quickly. You know, uh, Dan Spoon did a, just an amazing job on the fly last year of handling that. I, I don't know how he did it as well as he did, because it was pretty difficult to deal with it. Um, but one of the problems, not problems so much as issues, is that so many people had a lot of questions um, about resolutions. So we're trying to handle that in a couple of ways. First, um, due to the, the work of the committee with its co-chairs, um, President Dev Lewis and Gabe Griffith, um, we're actually going to be done with resolutions next Tuesday. And so there'll be a much better job of getting the content 
of the resolutions out to people ahead of time because we'll have time. Um, I believe there will be community calls so that you can we can talk about the content of the resolutions. Um, there's actually going to be fewer this year. That's just happenstance. You never know what's going to be. There's probably only going to be, uh, I don't know the exact number, but under 20. Uh, so, so, you know, over 15, under 20, something in there. So that will help a little bit. Um, and the other thing, and so hopefully people will have more of an understanding of what the resolutions do ahead of the convention voting and discussion and voting itself. The other thing we're, we're going to do to try to make debate a little less chaotic is we're going to, uh, at the beginning of the debate period, before debate actually starts, pro and you know opposed and in favor, we're going to have a five-minute period where people can raise uh, questions about the resolution. They're not going to take a side. They're going if they have questions about what it means or or what it says or, or whatever, they can ask those questions. If we don't have questions, of course, we'll just move right on. We don't. We're not going to just sit there for five minutes. Um, and then we'll go into our twenty-minute debate period. That doesn't mean that you can't raise points that have to be made. Um, the way we're going to try and do that is we're going to uh, arrange all the speakers, um, uh, get all the, the speakers' names recorded so the chair can recognize them, so that if people have a point they need to make, whether it's a point of order about you know rule being violated or something like that, or whether it's a question, they can raise their hands during that debate period. And then, of course, when the speakers who uh, raise their hand at the beginning, when they've all spoken, we will ask for more speakers if the debate period still has time. So um, the other thing we're we're doing, which we sort of started last year, is if the, if one side of the debate has had more than one has had one speaker more than the other side. And the side with the fewest speakers doesn't have any more speakers, we're going to end debate. So if three people have spoken for it and two people have spoken against it and nobody else raises their hand to speak against it, we're going to stop debate right there, even though the 20 minute period may not be done um, so that we can move things along. Uh, I think I'm, anybody feel free to, uh, you know, supplement what I've said, but I think, I think those are the main points when it comes to uh, resolutions. Well, I guess I just add, um, if there is an amendment to a resolution that's proposed on the floor, um, we will vote that up or down by a Zoom vote, and it's possible if a roll call is needed, 25 votes are, are there on the losing side, that will be handled uh, during the in-person part of the convention before we vote on the main resolution. So uh, just like last year. So I think that's it. And uh, the only other thing, Connie, before we leave Jeff, I don't know if you wanted to go over glossary of terms, remember the three or four terms we had, would this be a good point to do that with respect to if someone has a question 
point, yeah, of, point I, of clarification. When did you want to cover that? Thanks, Pat. I was thinking kind of the same thing. So Pat, so Jeff, um, so Jeff, you know, we've been working um, on a glossary of terms. It's been brought up about clarification on, you know, point of order, point of information. Um, so we've been working with our parliamentarian, with Nancy Becker. Um, so Jeff and Pat and I have been kind of spearheading that with the other ones. So we've got a glossary of terms. It was brought to our attention and, and we knew this ahead of time. And it was really, I think, basically we're calling it basic 101 parliamentary um, procedures. So there was a lot of questions last year about, you know, what's the difference between information, clarification, um, process. So Jeff, do you want to go over that or do you want me to read the definitions that you wrote out or how do you want to do that? Um, I guess I can go over it a little bit. And if you feel you want to read something, that that's fine. So just a few terms. And it, it isn't absolutely necessary that you remember these terms, but at least have an idea of what they are. So if you have a question uh, about what something means or what something says or, you know, how it's written, that would be called, and that, that's what that five-minute period that we're going to have is going to be used for. And that was going to apply to debate on constitutional amendments as well, by the way. Um, that would be called a point of information. We, we frequently refer to it as point of clarification, but a point of information is really when you have some kind of a question about the issue being discussed. So then there's also what's called a point of order. And a point of order is really when you feel that either a convention rule or a rule of Robert's Rules of Order, and we, we frequently you know, supplement and change what's in Robert's Rules of Order when we adopt our convention rules. If you feel that one of our rules that we need to follow is being violated, let's say, for example, that um, someone, uh, that the, the chair um, allowed four speakers for and two against. And you might want to say, hey, you need to stop debate because, you know, there's not any more speakers against. So that would be a potential point of order. Or if someone, you know, if we had a resolution uh, on, let's say, you know, allowing all blind conventioners to have free ice cream and someone decided to talk about giving us free french fries and someone might say look this resolution isn't about french fries so you know that's not we have to stick to what's in the resolution so that would be a point of order something about a rule being violated and the chair has to rule on whether that point of order is correct. And if the chair rules in a way that people don't like, the membership can actually override the chair's ruling. That, that doesn't happen very often, but it is uh, allowed in Robert's rules of order. Um, the other one is called, the third one I'll mention, is called a point of parliamentary inquiry. And that just has to do with um, what is going on in the business of the body. For example, um, you might ask, um, are we going to uh, take up any additional resolutions today? Um, 
are we going to complete the voting period? I mean, I'm sorry. Are we going to complete the debate period today? Or are we going to adjourn for lunch? Um, you know, in this case, I guess that wouldn't be right because we're not a we're not, we're not in person having discussion, but something about what's going on in the, the convention itself, or is it when is it in order to make uh, another motion of some motion or other? Uh, you're asking something about the business of the body. So that would be a point of parliamentary inquiry. And those are the three main ones I think we want to talk about. No, that's great, Jeff. And I think you did an awesome job. And, you know, and eventually when we get this finalized, it will be like the cheat sheet. Um, the final one will, the final will be going out to everyone. So, and the cheat sheet that was sent out earlier, there's been an updated one. And so there's a new one that will be go out eventually. Um, and Kelly Gask is, we've changed a little bit of the ordering, how things get sent out. So Kelly will be the one who will be sending it out, um, but we're not ready to send it out yet. So I, I have a copy of it um, just so for our records for the presentations and stuff, but it will be going out here in a little, in a, you know, a while. But, you know, otherwise things keep changing. So we're trying to get, make sure that everything is correct so we don't have lots of copies but so jeff i think did a nice job and we can take questions on that later but and just I, to reiterate something that jeff had brought up anytime that we've got a point of order point of uh, parliamentary clarification or a point of information the debate clock stops it's not counted against that 20 minutes so by putting those at in the five minute let's say question and answer period I, we're trying to consolidate and make sure that when we do start debate that we are actually debating on the resolution going forward. So try to clean it up and make it a little more easy to follow from everybody. Jeff, you have anything to add to it? No, but I'm really glad you made that point. Yeah. Thank you. That's why we all work together because we, we think about it and we know it, but we always sometimes forget. So that's why we're all working together to do this. So, so let's transition into, um, the big one, I think this is the biggest one for the year, is the Constitution and bylaws. So um, there's a few that are up for vote or discussion. So, John, let's um, have you take it over. Okay. Thank you, Connie. Um, there are currently five. One is rather complex, and it's really bundled because it would require both a, constitu a constitutional amendment to two sections of the constitution to provide the requisite authority and then a wholly uh, new, never before seen bylaw 10, which would, uh, which would provide the specifics. I'll get into that in a minute. I wanna take what ostensibly are the easier ones first and based on the chatter on the leadership list, that may or may not be the case. But, uh, let me go through what we have. The first one, which has already appeared to engender some controversy. The first would be an amendment to raise the threshold of the number for those uh, calling for a, a record vote from 25 to 50. I personally believe that in a world of universal and enfranchisement, which I believe we now have with Zoom, it only makes sense to uh, double that number. There's been some debate um, and some data put forward uh, where my 
rationale as just enunciated, it was characterized as a myth and that no, we don't have higher numbers of votes or higher levels of participation. Um, I think it's time for me to go to Nancy Becker and either have that myth debunked or to have it be revealed as such as the case may be. But I stand by my thinking now that irrespective of where the, whether the votes are significantly higher or not, we now have universal enfranchisement. This will be really the third year, although no, let's call it the second year, because in the first year, in 21, no, in 20, we didn't conduct business at all. And in, in 21, we did conduct at least sufficient business to get the constitutional authority to enter this new hybrid world with Zoom and, and virtual participation. So depending on how you want to look at it, call it like the second and a half year. Uh, and, and here's as good a place in my narrative to indicate that if there can be said to be any overarching justification or narrative in the amendments that are being proposed this year, it is to accommodate this, quote, brave new world of universal enfranchisement. It is to shorten the convention because the membership has spoken very, very loudly and clearly that they do not want and will not tolerate a three-week-long convention. I am totally on board with their thinking in that regard. Um, I, I think the best we could do is one and a half weeks or maybe two. Or This year, we're doing basically uh, four days of convention before the convention really gets underway uh, in, in Schaumburg. That's probably about the best we can do. And that's fine. That's a price I'm willing to pay for universal enfranchisement. But I'm, I'm setting the stage for the constitutional and bylaw amendments that, that I'm about to speak to and have already spoken to one. That's the justification that, 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 that this really hangs on. Okay, we've spoken about an amendment to raise the number required to force a record vote from 25 to 50. Second, uh, well, yeah, I'll take them in the order in which I have them in the report. And that raises a question which I want to ask the, the members of this task force at the end of my presentation. Uh, the second constitutional amendment would be changing the affiliate roll call procedures. And all this would mean is that um, when it came to votes, uh, record votes, where, where you had to count the affiliates, uh, People would submit their affiliate vote electronically to the secretary, and the secretary would then read out the, um, their vote. Uh, this, so transparency is preserved, and it's also a safeguard. What about if they mistranscribed or misread what was submitted? Let's say, um, oh, an affiliate said six votes, yay, and uh, four votes, nay, and the secretary said five and five. You could immediately flag that and say, no, that was not as transmitted, please correct or get in a huddle and, and, and clean that up. But candidly, this ends the um, sometimes challenging situation. It's often more challenging than it should be. But people, I went out there in the aisle and, you know, using my cane like a golf club to find the, uh, the mic stand to announce my vote in the, in the um, uh, in-person setting. Or uh, you know, the collecting this stuff via Zoom, uh, that, that gets to be somewhat challenging. So this will really, again, streamline the convention, and that's important. And I do not think it has a negative impact on democracy. 
Um, okay, the third is pretty easy, does it? It's a modification to bylaw 5A where, and this relates to the ACB board, um, as currently written, it does not mandate the presence of the treasurer on the budget committee. The budget committee is composed of three persons. The board would like to have the committee, um, uh, would like to have that the treasurer is a mandated member of that committee along with two other people. Um, I don't think that the, uh, the board would be well served if there's any purpose to second guessing what the board feels it needs in this regard. The fact of the matter is the board, I can't even envision where a president wouldn't appoint the treasurer. As a matter of fact, if I was on the board as treasurer and I wasn't appointed, I'd have a conversation with the president. Saying, this, this, this means you and I got a problem <laughs> because you've just made my job a whole lot more difficult in terms of my needing to coordinate with the budget committee. I, I think it's a reasonable amendment and hopefully it'll be the least controversial of the ones that are being proposed. So that's number three as currently enumerated in the draft report of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. Number four is uh, modifications to bylaw 6D to bring it into alignment with the appointing requirements applicable to the resolution committee. For some reason they were different. At the end of each convention, the president is required within 60 days to appoint a resolutions committee. So 6D will specify that instead of appointing the uh, Constitution Bylaws Committee 90 days before the convention, uh, that committee as well, the one which I chair, is required to be appointed 60 days after the convention. And because the reason for that is very simple, uh, that we are really doing work year round. We're not doing very intense work in the fall and, and the early winter, but really beyond midwinter and definitely all through the spring, um, the Constitution and Bylaws uh, Committee is, is working hard. It's not the world where we used to have, the, where you know, 90 days before there'd be a Constitution and Bylaws Committee and you could come in and hand something over the transom the second day of convention. That's another thing that's going away. Unlike the Constitution, uh, excuse me, the the I'll get it together. The Resolutions Committee, which requires now that uh, proposed resolutions be filed or submitted 60 days before the opening date of the convention, which this year is June 19, the, the 6D would provide for a 30-day prior submission. Um, I think that's reasonable. I think that the current language of the Constitution that would permit somebody to come to us, I guess, on the 20th, um, the second day of the opening convention, I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody submits us a bylaws amendment on June 20th, I think the committee's position is going to be while you had the constitutional right to do that, there's no sufficient time to vet that and to uh, deal with it. And so we're going to bring it forward with the request that it not be adopted due to insufficient time. So let's clean that up and say a 30-day submission requirement. I think that covers 6D. Now, now here's the biggie. Again, this is motivated by streamlining, but I, in my heart, believe it does not represent any diminution of democracy. I think there's been some paranoia about that. And, I, and maybe the less I say about that perceived paranoia, the better, but here I go. We, in the fifth proposition, the fifth proposed amendment, which really has to go up or down in its entirety, we would modify 
we would modify uh, section, I think it's three, uh, 3J, um, Article 3, subsection J, and Article 5, subsection A, dealing with the Board of Publications, to basically eliminate with respect to directors, just directors, not officers, and this is not the camel's nose under the tent, directors and the elected members of the Board of Publications, where attempting to go to a one ballot situation. This is where it gets very complicated. Now, again, I wanna emphasize, this is not being proposed for officers. I think officers have unique duties and they should um, run for specific offices uh, and with runoffs and, and all that's currently being required for, for the directors. I, do not, I would not support the adoption of this amendment uh, and make it apply to officers. And it currently does not, and I don't imagine that it will, given the fact that officers do have specific duties. Directors, however, are in a sense fungible. Um, no, directors may be elected for their specific talents. I think that's usually the case. But directors um, don't really have any specific duties except to weigh in with their knowledge or in their areas of expertise, et cetera. So, what would happen, let's, we have to really take a concrete example. Let's say we were voting for the board of directors in a given, which would, which uh, five directors, which would happen next year in 2024. And let's say there are seven candidates, put them all on one ballot, individuals, individual members can only vote for five. There are seven on the ballot, you only vote for five. So, and then when, when the individual ballots are submitted, we see who, who's got the most. Well, actually it'll all be talented, ta uh, tabulated uh, at the same time, I imagine, as the affiliate votes. Affiliate votes gets kind of tricky. Let's say you have an affiliate that's got 10 votes. Okay, an affiliate has 10 votes. You multiply that by the number of open positions, which is five. So they got 50 votes. The affiliate has 50 votes to quote unquote play with, close quote. You cannot vote more than 10 for any individual candidate, but you can split them up any way you want. This possibly, possibly would set up a scenario when, when all the votes were, to were tallied one, maybe two, I, I don't think very many members would, would maybe have want, wound up being elected by a plurality. They didn't get 50%, but um, you know they, they did get 49, and they are within the, the, the top five. They get in. The, the, the bottom two drop off. Now, okay, let's take another scenario. Two people running from the same state. We know that um, for the defeat of the amendment last year, that there's still a restriction, one director per state, okay? So let's say that candidate two and candidate three of the seven, let's label them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, two and three are from the same state, okay? If two receives more than three, um, then three is immediately dropped out because the person is ineligible and four, five, and six come up to slots three, four, and five. That's, that's the way we handle the geographic exclusion. 
I'm sorry if this is all complicated. We'll put out some teaching materials on this, but right now that's the amendment. I said that's all the amendments we have. A lot of people will probably say, maybe me included, that that's enough. But um, we are possibly considering one more to clean up what should have been done last year when I undertook to eliminate all of the postal mailing requirements in the Constitution. There is one remaining constitutional postal mail requirement. If uh, the board was going to seek to suspend a board member, the notification requirements still specify uh, mail. This would be a matter of board governance, uh, although the membership has to uh, endorse it or cannot adopt this on its own motion. But that may or may not come out in the report. I may elect to punt it to next year, or maybe we can deal with it this year if it appears not to be too controversial. But the five amendments as just uh, articulated are what's on the table presently. Now, before there are any input on this, I do have one question to sort of ask since I did sort of step in it with respect to inadequate notice of our first meeting. So the first meeting, open meeting of the Common Bylaws Committee is May 25th. And I acknowledge and support and applaud those who, who brought up the issue of notice. But, there, but there's another issue, and that is, it occurs to me that when people were discussing resolutions, they obviously had the document in front of them. So how might I best get the draft interim, as, as in non-final, con and bylaws report into the hands of the membership so they can come to these open meetings prepared to discuss the specifics of any amendment? I did put it out on the leadership list. I can do that again, but for wider circulation. Any thoughts? What has the Constitution, excuse me, what has the Resolutions Committee done in that regard? So, John, this is Connie. I think, you know, sending it to the presidents and having the presidents send it out to their affiliates. And again, the leadership, I think that's where it comes down to is that's kind of what the resolutions have done. Uh, is yeah, I'll put it on leadership and I'll ask Ray to post it on the president's list. Uh, I was able to do that last year on my own. I am this year not president of any of right. That does not yeah. break my heart, but I can, I can, and maybe Deb or Ray would be willing to put it on constitution, um, not constitution. They'll get a copy as a courtesy <laughs> a conversation. Yeah. Well, the, other, the other thing you could do is ask Deb about whether there's a way of having them recorded you know, and, you know, so that people can listen to it. Yeah, I don't, I just don't want there to be confusion. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think the same way we're going to handle the announcements better with president's conversation and leadership. And I I'll, give, I'll give that some thought about. Well, at least talk to Deb about it, because the only, you're right, it could cause confusion. But by the same token, there are lots of people who are not on those lists. On those lists, right. Yeah. And we hope. We do hope that the people on those lists share it with their affiliates, but I can't guarantee that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, but, it's, a know, least, it's a thought, you know, and that's yeah, just okay. getting. Yeah. Okay. I probably will do it, but boy, I hope nobody. Well, you know, before the, before the conference, the convention, there will be a release of the report and it will be read on a channel clearly indicating final report, Connor Bylaws Committee 2023 bang. You know. Yeah. And that's, and going into that, John, is that's one of the things I want to talk about before we take questions too. So all of everything that we've, we have, even the cheat sheets and stuff will be read into a final onto the media 10. Um, so okay, I didn't know what channel we're going to use, but that's. Yeah. You, media 10 is where we usually do all the announcements and it's a, a loop through it all. Okay. Um, and then 
um, regarding, we'll be doing trans, um, transcribing some of this stuff into Spanish also. Um, so, and I just want the Spanish transition, translation, I can't even talk for sure, sorry, yeah, Saturday. <laughs> I know it's one of those mornings. Um, so, on the new cheat sheet, and it still will be coming out, will be the Spanish language um, translation will be available in Zoom and on ACB media during the ACB business meetings, including the events on June 19th through June 23rd and the convention general sessions from Ju July 1st through July 6th. All ballots will be in English only, but we are working to try to get as much as we can in Spanish. So that's our goal is to try to get everything final. Everyone knows right now that there are some just, you know, preliminary things like the resolutions and the constitution and bylaws to get people's attention. And then it will be like a final, we'll be able to say, this is the final, um, so people, <clears throat> excuse me, people will know that this will be the exact stuff before the convention. So I hope that helps, John. Yeah, thanks. That's good. Does, been, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I was just going to say I've been so wrapped up in the drafting that the mechanics of getting the info out eluded <laughs> me a little bit. <laughs> and that's why we all work together. So it, there you it just go. takes yeah, a team. It, 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 takes, it takes a team, you know. It, it does. It, can't. it does. It takes a team to make things work. And yeah. so, and I think this is a great team that we have to do. So does anyone else on the team have anything else they want to put in um, before we take any questions or comments? Kenneth. Hey, this is Kenneth. I just wanted to remind everyone to I encourage everybody to plan ahead and be intentional about voting, um, especially just to be specific about the individual individual votes being taken taking place from Sunday, July 2nd until the 5th of July from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time, you know, after general session and uh, the meetings that are be uh, special meetings that will be held will be held on Sunday. Sometimes we get caught up into lunch and everything before you know it, 6 p.m. is gone. So we want to make sure everybody plans to get that vote in and encourage your friends, whoever may be with you, our family to go ahead and vote. And then we have our affiliate votes from the third through the sixth. They will be done during general session. So I just want to reiterate that and hope everybody gets some good plans in place to make sure they cast their vote. And just to add to that, Kenneth, you, you know, how the structure of the affiliate vote is going to be done is up to the affiliate. Voting task force doesn't get into that decision making. So I'm sure Florida has some good plans in, in the works and uh, that should that should work out OK. So, Pat, do you want to talk about, you know, we, I think we talked a little bit about it, Kenneth, or Kenneth talked about the timeline, but how you know, when the night, the first night that we'll start voting and how that takes effect for the anyone that's new with the speeches and, you know, because we, we don't have general session on that Sunday, so we have it on Saturday, and then we skip Sunday and we go into Monday. Do you want to? Right. So, yeah. yeah, so so we are going to have, from the nominating committee, you will have the slate of officers uh, read, and they will start from the office of president on down uh if they're you know and, and we can take uh nominations from the floor and so we will proceed down through the first um office 
And if there are no nominations from the floor, then that person will be voted in by acclamation. Uh, the, the first uh, contested election that we have, uh, you will have you will have uh, nominations from the floor for let's say a contested election, and then that election will be will be taken up the next day with uh, five minute speeches for the candidates. One of the things that was problematic last year, and this this bears repeating, I guess, is before you nominate someone from the floor, make sure they want to run. Uh, also, you want to make sure that they are um, eligible to uh, to run. I think we, I think uh, uh, Cindy Hollis was nominated to be on the board of directors last year. Uh, that's kind of an impossible situation for a staff member. So check out, check with the person that they actually really want to run for that office uh, before you nominate them from the floor. Um, so you will have the candidate speeches, and then we'll go into the um, into the individual vote. The affiliate vote will be taken that particular uh, night, and that will be announced the next day, or <clears throat> as uh, as for the next day, and and then you'll start going through that whole list of Alabama, Arkansas, and all that sort of thing, and how many votes. Um, that in, that that individual would get from that state. What John, of course, just presented is a proposal for the board. So, what John just talked about with respect to the affiliate vote uh, is not going to be part of how we do business this year. And of course, I and I would and I agree with John. The individual, um, uh, the individual. Um, responsibilities of the officers are different than those of the board. The other thing that we would hope, yeah. and I think uh, also we have it set up now, uh, yeah. we've, we've got, um, we've got uh, the um, Board of Publications. Uh, I think we have uh, those individuals who have put their papers out. They would do what time, Connie? The uh, documents for they, the board of the candidate page they candidate would do on page, the, right. that was due on the 15th right so. and so we you know one of the things that we have talked about on the voting task force and one of the things that i would like to be able to push or you know i think the voting task force wants to push all all of us is that if you are a candidate uh want to be a candidate for the for a position that you make the decision right up front and that you uh, come to the candidates forum, that you participate in that, that you make a decision up front that, you know, that of course to share as officers, but when the board positions come up, we wanna try to um, dissuade, as John would call it, Hail Mary candidates coming in at the 11th hour. The, the, the work of, of this organization, whether it's board of directors, or in this case, this year, officers, it's critical. And so the work that you need to do is serious. And so it has to be a serious consideration uh, going forward. And the board, uh, the Go BOP ahead. candidate forum is on June 14th. So um, mm -hmm. that's coming up here too. Oh, and hopefully you've got your uh, alternates, delegates, and 
already sent in. The, yeah, I, that was due on that was due on May 12th. So if you haven't got that in, if you're a president or uh, um, Denise and her team will be mm -hmm. hunting you down. There'll be a bad boy list. I don't know why they call it bad boy list. I, I'm hoping that none of my uh, none of my affiliates are on the bad boy list. But if it is, we'll be calling. Yeah, but I'm sure. I can't imagine that Florida would be on a bad boy list, Sheila. Uh, never. Never, never, <laughs> never. Yeah. So we were Jeff, probably yeah. one of the first ones that had them. <laughs> probably. Yeah, man. Okay. Jeff, do you have anything else before we turn it over to Sheila and to no, Katie? No, I think we've given more than enough fodder for her. Oh. <laughs> we try to be yeah. thorough, but we've the, always, you never know. <laughs> well, the only other thing that I would add is that uh, our current boss here, Connie, is our go-to person for anybody who wants to more information uh, with her famous cheat sheet, which yes. I would encourage people to read. It is extremely well laid out between giving everything that all of us have really said uh, uh, with dates and responsibilities and how we're going to work and all that. It really helps to organize your thinking. And then if there are any questions or concerns or whatever, Connie's the one to go to with respect to that because then she corrals us and uh, make sure that we're on point and doing what we need to be doing, whatever. But it's worked really well. So thank you for all of that, Connie. Thank you. As my husband would say, you know, if I talk to him about something, he'll say, you better round up those guys, get those guys rounded up and talk to. So, yeah. So I, I try to keep, even though we have a few gals on our committee, but most of them are the guys, but that's kind of our joke in our household. So. Sheila, how about yes, you? Do you have any comments? You got any comments or questions, or should we switch it over to Katie? Or um, no, I I think you guys have been very thorough. You've shared a lot of information. Um, John, you know, if you have problems getting the uh, the draft of the Constitution and Bylaws sent out, just send it to me, and I'll put it on the president's list. That's not a problem. Um, but. If you have any questions for any of these individuals, please raise your hand. All of you know how to do that. And Katie, would you let us know if we have any hands raised, please? We do. Robert, go ahead, please. Good morning, Bob. Okay, morning, Bob. I, I, at my age, I never intend to do this, but I was a little distressed when an individual last year nominated themselves should we not have a second at least? I mean, that really lengthened the person didn't win. I, I said, oh, my gosh, if they're going to do that, they really got problems, you know, and I don't mean to be rude to the person. So can, do, do we require seconds from the floor? And I think I wish all affiliates would nominate from the floor also. You guys are great. That's my question. Thank you. Bob, I don't know if, if Robert's rules actually says anything. But it has always been custom and usage, if it doesn't, that a nomination for an election for an office does not require a second. Okay. I don't really, I don't, we, we're trying to do other things like in the potentially in the future, you know, requiring you to declare ahead of time that will, I think, speak to your issue. Thank you. Wait a second, Jeff, if I, if I can weigh in here, I think. And I don't even know what our constitution says on the point, but seconds are obviously not required for people who come out of nominating committee. I think he was referring to a situation where oh, I know not, nominated we've from never the floor. Required... I, I think I think that does require a second. Uh, well, we've never re technically we've never really required okay, one. Well, 
maybe something we want to put in a constitution. <laughs> but of course, you need to, you know, it's customary to have two speakers, right? A person, the second. Well, that's different, think. though. That's, that's a different. different. That's, no, I that's, agree. That's a different. Uh, yeah, but different. that is like, different. Although, if you can't get two people to speak for you, <laughs> John, if you want to have a speak for you, so that, that candidacy was, let's, without mentioning names, that candidacy was so pathetic and ill considered. And Who candidly, Frankly, without apology, some of the stuff that we've looked at in the Constitution has has been, I'll use the phrase, you know, to eliminate, to strongly dissuade or or almost preclude Hail Candidacy, also use the word preclude, these ridiculous Hail Mary candidacies. They just waste time. But there are ways to get to that. And some of those Hail Mary candidates have plenty of people to nominate them anyway, so... You know, to Bob's point, I think there are better ways we can get at that. Well, um, trying to, to. Uh, emphasize the serious nature of the work that's going to be done. You know, you, when you get on in one of these positions, you're going to be expected to do work, leadership, and take on responsibility. And so if you can't decide, if you wake up the morning of the election and say, gee, I think I'll be on the board, how serious are you? When you know that every year we're going to either have elections for officers or board, you know, so. Okay, let's go to the next hand, Katie. Diane, go ahead, please. Hi, Diane. How are you? Hello. Can you all hear me? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm doing this on my Mac for maybe the second time. <clears throat> anyway, um, I'm going to be attending the convention in person for the first time this year. and. I also am an alternate delegate for one of the affiliates. I'm wondering if you can shed some more light on how that process works of lining everybody up and especially how it's going to work this year, uh, the process of, of lining people up in proper order. I, I don't want to find myself lost, you know, at a point when I might be needed. So I can, I guess I can take that one and someone can join in. So, so the ones that are going to be in person, um, we are not, it's, it's open seating again. So we are not sitting by affiliates. Um, so when it comes to affiliate roll call, you decide, you know, if the alternate or the delegate is going to speak, um, cause only one of them, one of you guys need to speak, um, so what they do is they call, um, we'll have, last year, I think we had four microphones throughout the um, convention floor. And I was actually one of the helpers. And we'll probably have a couple other helpers, but we um, asked like say Alabama through Kansas to line up. Um, and we kind of tell you where the microphones are. And then we try to get you in order when um, the, to that microphone. So you have a choice of whatever microphone is closest to you to go to. And to um, once, you know, say Florida comes up, if you're the alternate for that affiliate or whatever affiliate you are, um, you're next in line. And we, we help try to guide you and, and stand you up or get you into that area. But it's up to you, whichever microphone is closest to you. Um, and we, if we see you coming and if it's one of us that are helping on the floor, we make sure that people, you know, get to that microphone. We 
you know, we find out which affiliate if we don't know that you're part of, and we try to get you in line. So it just kind of goes in orders, nice and smooth. So and can I help, Diane? Time last year, didn't we sort of discourage people from trying to do this via the phones because there was feedback? Yeah. So you, yeah. So you cannot if if you are in person and you want to do it um, by phone, you cannot do it by phone in the convention hall because it would be feedback. Um, okay. So you have to you have to get up and go to the to the microphone if you're in person and wanting to vote um, for your affiliate. Not way for the delegate or alternate. You have you have to do actually have to get up and, and do it. You cannot do it by phone. Donna, okay. can I just add a couple of practical tips uh, real quick? First, uh, if I was an alternate, I would uh, if I'm not sitting with my delegate, I'd try to call them or something to make sure they're there. But if you can't do that, or if your delegate doesn't call you or whatever, and you don't know, if the delegate doesn't get up there and vote, we either in person or, you know, if they're remote, remote, then your state or your special interest affiliate, they do call the absent affiliates again. So you do have a chance. And the second, if no one votes that first time, I'm automatically, if I'm an alternate, going up and vote. Oh, yeah. Because, you know. So. Uh, my yeah and my second um the second part of my question then oh boy i think i forgot it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so the yeah i i think that we we are planning and in, in our affiliate the, the the delegate and i you know are, are planning on keeping in touch you know via text so um I, I think that part will be okay. And I forgot what I was going to say. So and I'm going to turn the it over. The other thing, well, I, I can go on here for a minute. The other thing that's critically, critically important is that whatever the, whoever the affiliate is, that you have a plan for getting those votes. There are some uh, affiliates that caucus in the evening and they say, okay, we have the choice of A, B, C, or D. How everyone here is going to be, you, you, us guys of the caucus, how do you see this? this a b c or d where do we put our votes and then that, and that's a nice way to do it other people go in and um uh will go in and uh you know you're beginning text messages or whatever emails uh, the or text and, yeah, or whatever all the above so, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. but that's up to you uh to decide what's going to be effective and work work best for your people and what i did last year diane um i Katie is our administrative assistant. So she does the people that are not at convention. People that are at convention were texting me their votes when it came to the affiliate vote. So that's kind of how we organized it. And it worked out beautifully. So, you know, that okay. might be a suggestion. Okay, thank you. And and the other, the other I just remembered my, my other question. Um, when you do them in order, the the affiliate, the affiliates, special interest affiliates are mixed in with all the states, right? So it's done with no. It, like no, no, with the order no, of everybody. So, no. no, no. So the states are out, the states are all done first, and then it starts with the special affiliates by alphabetical ah. order. Okay, all right. I couldn't remember that. So thanks for refreshing no, my memory. That's <laughs> no problem. Good questions. All right. All right next, thank you. Next hand. Um, Bob, I see your hand hand is back up did you want to add something you're no muted. it should be lowered i'm sorry 
It's it's gone up and down a couple times. That's why I was. Oh, confused. I'm not touching it. I don't know what's going on. Oh, it's, it's Zoom doing the Zoom dance. He's okay. exercising. <laughs> it's getting uh, up. There, getting you know, moving. there's this, there's this uh, yoga call Monday through Friday, Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. See now it's going up and down. <laughs> All right. Well, we have no other and no other questions. Questions. Okay. Well, I want to thank all of you so, so much for taking time out of your Saturday. I'm sure you've got better things to do. We appreciate this information. I know the um, BOP Candidates Forum is June 14th. Um, Cache, what time is that? That is going to be at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern? Okay. 9 p.m. Oh, I, I love it being Eastern. Good. Okay. I love all my times being Eastern. Yeah, yeah, I'm well, so yeah, yeah. All right. So, so June 14th, I'm going to highly encourage everybody to attend that candidates forum. I think they are always very informative and very um, enlightening as to who's running for the offices. And you can, are the candidates pages up where you can go look at them at ACB? I was just going to ask Cache if she knows when they're, gonna, are they they're not. They're not up yet. I've looked, but they're not, you know when they're. Yet. Yeah. You know when they're going to be going up at all? Um, not, I don't know just yet. Yeah, I don't know um, exactly the date. And I'm sure that'll be put out on the leadership list. But it'll well. definitely be put out on the leadership list. Okay, yes. perfect, yeah. perfect. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Guys, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks. Thanks. You too. Thank Thanks. you, Belle. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome.